Okay. Elliot Nogler, I know that you have gone through it, but just explain the magic steps one more time to me. Josh Karam, Josh Karam, Josh Karam. I'm only going to explain this one more time. It's untap, then upkeep, and then Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. I am Josh Karam. As most of you know, Aaron Thompson is still currently in Alaska. So while the recording and weird situation of Alaska is happening, I'm going to have some fun guest people on. And the first guest that I have on, I'm very excited for. Uh, We went to college together and Elliot is a very, well, actually, Elliot, tell us a little bit about yourself. I could could go on for hours, but I want to hear it from you. My magical friend. Hi, uh, my name is Elliot Nogler. Uh, I was Josh Karam's freshman buddy uh, when I came into the Heart School of Music uh, for my freshman year. I, I later transferred out, but uh, we've we've always kept the connection going. And and I, I love you, Senior Papa. I love you too, Elliot. And I know we'll probably go into it a little later in the podcast, but you do something really cool with Magic the Gathering, right? Thank you very much for the compliment. I uh, I really like to stretch the limits with, with how I play Magic the Gathering with my friends. And uh, I really like to play Commander specifically. Uh, I feel like every single game is different. And the fact that every card besides basic lands in your deck has to be different uh, makes for some really yeah. interesting scenarios. So uh, I decided to make customized commander cards um, using uh, a website called Card Conjurer. Uh, and uh, I got them approved by my play group and uh, I uploaded them to a community on this service called Untap In. And uh, people liked them uh, so much that some people started playing with them. So Heck yeah. And also, I-, I will tell you, when we get into it later, there are certain ones that you have sent me that I think are super freaking awesome and i want to dig into those because i'm also a huge commander player that's what my group does all the time we have commander night every week but we have a lot of magic the gathering news to unpack today because very recently we have had the 2021 showcase of what is coming in magic and i know that wizards of the coast has been hyping this up as like Oh, it's going to be big, but I don't know about you. I didn't imagine it was going to be as crazy as what they just announced because it's it's ridiculous the amount of content. In addition to the 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 next two sets that are uh, coming out, which are sort of, you know, staying on this the same plane that we've we've seen multiple times already, but you know, a lot more development, which is fun. In Magic as a franchise is pulling some big moves out of the hat coming up in 2022. You know, that's something that I'm really going to be interested to see how that, you know, turns out. Totally. So I think the best way we can do this is uh, I've got the the showcase uh, article on my uh, Computadora right now. And right. let's just blast through as much stuff as we want. And whatever we think is like the coolest stuff, we hang I'm on a bit. I'm ready to talk. magically blast myself off into the future. Let's... <laughs> Well, hold on for the future part of it, because there's there's a little future set that's uh, tied in here. So mm-hmm. hold hold the magical blasting just for a bit. But let's start <laughs> with the uh, small things that we know. So we know about Innistrad, and we mm-hmm. know that they were dividing it into two sets, which we have the Midnight Hunt 
and the Crimson Vow, which Innistrad originally came out in 2011, brought some great cards that we know and love. I mean, for me, uh, Lisa, Shroud of Dusk, is a card that I use in Commander all the time, so I'm happy that she comes back. I mean, we've seen certain cards like Sagrada will mm -hmm. be coming back in the set, but most importantly, flip werewolves again. Oh, absolutely. Which is something we haven't gotten to see in a long freaking time. And, like, that was before I got in the magic completely, so I'm happy to finally play with them. And I'm super excited. There's some actual, like, uh, viable werewolf commander options now, uh, which I think people will be really excited to use. Definitely. I think, um, no doubt about it, like, the, the flip commander... Since mm -hmm. uh, Zendikar, well, I guess it's actually more when Call Time came out. That became such a viable option and something that people want to use. Like, the second the World uh, Tree card came out, or sorry, the Prismatic Bridge card came out, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. Commander deck immediately. This is too cool of an idea. And I love yeah, the right. flipping. So the werewolf mechanic is just ridiculously awesome. Now they're they're changing it up a little bit uh, with having the daybound and nightbound mechanic for um, uh, each of the werewolves. So that like highly has to do with uh, how people's turns are treated. If you cast two or more spells during a turn, if any player does, the next turn becomes a day turn and you flip things over to their daybound side. And if you don't cast spells, then it becomes a night turn, and you flip it over to the nightbound side. I will say, Magic the Gathering this year has done a great job creating these new mechanics that are going to be really amped to try them out. And especially, as you yeah. were saying, Commander format. Like, this has been a great year for Commander in general. So I'm happy that Innistrad's going to be the thing closing out this year in particular. Mm -hmm. Elliot, I must ask, is there any card that you have seen or any card that you wish to see in one of these two new sets that are coming out? So the concept of flipping a card over and having a different effect on the other side is super weird, and I love it. <laughs> so the fact that um, Tovalar, Dire Overlord, uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes night. So it becomes a nightbound turn, and then you can transform any uh, number of human werewolves you control. It becomes a nightbound turn if any uh, like human werewolves are around that don't have a daybound or nightbound mechanic involved. You can transform them immediately. So it you know it unites the previous werewolf cards with the current set and the new mechanic. I have to say personally, uh, Lisa is definitely getting a reprint as the Forgotten Angel in the um, set, so obviously my heart is still for the same woman, so Lisa Forgotten Angel is a card that I'm actually really excited about because uh, I, I can actually just read it out quickly. Whenever mm -hmm. another non-token creature you control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step, but if a creature an opponent control would die, exile it instead. It's really, really super cool looking, because like, we got a print of Lisa's Shroud of Dusk, which made like paying life a, a yes. cost for like paying your commander so you could you could make your commander you know so much cheaper and yeah at least the forgotten angel has a much more there, there's a mardu commander out there i think from the kamigawa set that has a very mm. similar like look to them like they've incorporated a lot more red into the character which gives gives lisa a a much more like dark sort of vengeance kind of vigilante feel to them totally and hey i love lisa i use shroud of dusk in my decks all the time and i'll totally toss forgotten angel but you Hell did yeah. mention kamigawa so I think we got to take a little turn into Kamigawa. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. A couple of notes going into it, though. Another thing coming out is Commander uh, Collection Black. So for those black mm -hmm. decks that you're going to use for Lisa, 
toss in all the good cards that you want in your deck, like Toxic Deluge and Phyrexian Arena and great oh, things absolutely. like that. Those black staples. And, and I mean, for those of you who buy singles out there, I... Well, packs are a, a fun uh, time to do, you know, especially for a draft or, or, you know, in your own home. If you just want to have like a nice casual, like open, open some cards, see what I get. I am super frugal <laughs> in that whenever I want to like build a commander deck specifically, uh, I'm like, I'm not going to spend like so much time like trading for all these cards or opening a bunch of packs and hoping to get them. So I buy singles. But with each mm. of these uh, commander releases and with uh, the, the commander black, um, there's going to be a lot of reprints and uh, a lot of cards will drop in price pretty substantially. So a lot of those staples that you've been hoping to get, but they're so popular that they've been, you know, up around the $20 range, uh, we'll Down be able to get our hands on a little bit a little bit more cheaper if we can just hold it out a little bit longer <laughs> exactly wait wait for all the commander collection i know that it was a while between green and black but we're getting oh, yeah. all the cards we need yeah and also if you want your cool uh command tower soul ring arts in the color that you love the most you know absolutely definitely <laughs> get into this but there could be some black commanders that come out in kamigawa it's been a while. I mean, the original set dropped in 2004, and it's super cool that not only are they coming back with the set, it's a very, very different time period for Magic the Gathering in general to create yeah. art and styles around already. There's already been, like, there's always some kind of tie-in to, to future tech, to, to more futuristic technology. Like, the Phyrexians are sort of, you know, they're aliens, so there's, there's this... Like, they have technology that can't exactly be explained. There's all this stuff, you know, going on Mirrodin. There are there are crazy, you know, machines that were built um, and all sorts of stuff. Like, artifacts are are a viable and, and extremely well, like, fleshed mm. out uh, group of cards. But I don't think we've ever so blatantly gone to a future time period sort of devoid of, of a lot of fantasy influence. It's way more sci-fi. Yeah. And uh, that's what, in 2022, the major, you know, magic releases, the first one is scheduled to be Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, which yeah. is overwhelmingly giving me cyberpunk feel, which is crazy. Everyone is now playing on the cyberpunk feel because 2077 was a big letdown for a lot of people when that game came out. But the, the yeah. vibe... And the essence and the life of what that was, people want to continuously recreate. Also, just as a side note, you're going to have to have a conversation with my co-host because they hate artifacts so much. So we yeah. need to have an artifact duel between the two of you as in total whatever artifact against other side. You can make arguments for both sides on that. I would call myself more of a neutral party, but like oh, okay. I... I have a friend who artifacts are his bread and butter. He he just loves those things. And like, hey, you know, if you like that flavor, go for it. A lot of people are like, artifacts are like super overpowered and they can go oh, totally. in so many different directions. And the fact that they don't have like colors means you can put them in pretty much like any deck and they're like super viable. So they're just like the strongest thing. And I'm like, yeah, you could argue that a lot, but you have cards like Vandal Blast, for example. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, a bunch of anti-artifact things that have been implemented that can just wreck their day. So, it's so um, true. You know, I feel like Wizards of the Coast have done a lot to, to try to balance it out, you know? Aaron and I play Magic a lot, and I am pretty evil when it comes to artifacts. <laughs> I use, yeah. like, Boros artifact decks a lot. That's a big thing that I'm a fan of. Yeah. Just kind of... And, of course, when you have things like Sunforger... 
on your side, which is probably the greatest Boros artifact of all time. It's a pretty broken way of playing. It's, it's a very strong equipment. Yeah, so, but in Kamigawa, is there a certain card that you're very excited for? Because I got to say, personally, I'm hoping for Azusa to come back because I think yeah. Azusa is one of the best cards that gets reprinted because, damn, does it ramp so well, and it probably was one of the beginnings for green having such good card ramp and green makes you wonder, like one of the best how colors. does that fit into like a cyberpunk setting i and know if azusa is based like around like nature and, and around, like lands and stuff like that the idea of neon dynasty makes me think of a uh much more urban kind of area like you see in in the art um of, of like the the teasers for it you see like a ninja perched on a rooftop in like a city full of like neon signs yeah. and they're like covered in cybernetic you know uh machinery i think that for me i am excited about a couple things one ninjutsu i think the ninjutsu mechanic mm, if that doesn't make a comeback i will be i will be a little disappointed uh but like i think that um yuriko the tiger shadow was what made like demir a such a better color to me in in commander like uh a lot of demir commanders center around things like mill and and that's fine there's a lot of mill in those colors but there's only so much that you can do and there's there's only so much flavor there and i i like a bunch of varied mechanics within the the color confines and it seemed like um ninjutsu was a big step uh in another direction creatively um, and I think that was really cool. But also, I have a little bit of a theory. This has come out of like five minutes of cursory research. I was looking up like planeswalkers and where they come from and, and all this stuff. So Tamiyo, uh, who was one of the um, commanders, or sorry, one of the planeswalkers that locked Emrakul in, in Strad's moon during Eldritch Moon, that, that whole uh, series, she originally hails from Kamigawa. So it makes me wonder, are there going to be any more or alternatively, are we going to get more reference on, on certain commanders, sorry, certain planeswalkers that we don't know the home origin of, specifically Ashiok. Ashiok made their first appearance in Theros, I believe. I think so but too, yeah. But it still says under the, wiki, uh, under the wiki that their origin is still currently unknown. Nobody knows where they come from i think that's a very solid point i just wanted to first touch on i agree with the demir concept and especially with cards that will still be in standard like zareth san and other very interesting demir sneaky cards i think right. getting that very sneaky mechanic back is great but it's interesting that you bring up origins of planeswalkers because i agree that's always something that intrigued me because the majority of them are like oh they're here right now but they're not from here. And it's like, well, where are they from? We're getting mm -hmm. some answers for certain planeswalkers, though. Because in the next sets, yeah. Streets of New Kapina, we have Elspeth, which is the city that she is associated with, it says here. A city mm -hmm. with, sorry, with special significance to Elspeth. Built by angels and now run by a three-color demon crime family. Yeah, and you know what that means. Like, you, we're going to see something from, like, Grixis, probably. You know, you can expect... If you think, like, demon crime families, I think demon, Rakdos colors, and then the three-color yeah. combinations. So you have Grixis, Mardu, Jund. Would we see something like Esper in there? Possibly. Sultai? I, I don't know. <laughs> like I just... I want Valky. 
I want Valky to show up and then it be Tybalt again or something like that. Like, I feel as though Tybalt has to come to this plane now, right? Because if it's a mm-hmm. crime family, it's demons. Like, it's calling Tybalt's name to be there. Tybalt is literally the devil. So it just makes me wonder if if Tybalt is a demon whose powers revolve around pain and the manipulation of pain and, like, chaos, what's going to happen in Innistrad that would push him there? Just makes me wonder. This The first uh, set of Innistrad is, is Midnight Hunt. The second one is Crimson Vow. And it says... For Crimson Vow, you are invited to a lavish vampire wedding. Oh, shit, you're right. Damn. So it makes me wonder, is Sorn getting fucking married? I don't know. I mean, everyone's thirsting. Is he taking the plunge? Everyone's My thirsting boy. on the new Sorin. So, I mean, maybe Boy's maybe thirsty. Tybalt is interested for that. Yeah, exactly. No, I remember, like, I, I was working in Sterling, New York, and, like, I'm just looking at my phone, and they're like, new magic updates. Sorin hot, question mark? <laughs> Thirst in community? <laughs> Soren, hot question mark? I remember one of my yeah. friends, uh, one of my relatives actually, he used to read like the magic, the the magic, like the, there was written story for a while. I, I don't know exactly where he would found this, where he found this, but he stopped reading it for a while when the first line he read in one of the chapters was, Soren flipped his cape flamboyantly. And <laughs> I was, oh my God. I'd love to just like read that aloud. There's been a lot of steps to, for inclusion of, of certain groups and, and, uh, minorities in in uh, Magic the Gathering, like we've had our first uh, non-binary planeswalker. Yeah, Nico. Yeah, um, which is really cool and just like really fun. I'm not sure if any of the characters have been, if their sexualities have been defined. It makes mm. me wonder, like, what is Soren's sexuality? Does he have one? Is he the vampire getting married? But I, I wonder, like, what's better than a gay vampire? <laughs> no, that is true. And honestly, it's funny you bring that up because Magic, particularly within the vampire community of cards, have always put out things. Like, a couple of years ago, there was a huge thing where they're like, we're looking for Asian models to do uh, vampire cards for us because we want diversity That's in vampires. So, cool. so if we're going to get progressive pushes of Magic in certain places especially, it's probably going to be in the vampire community of cards first because they've definitely pushed that in the past. So mm-hmm. I would love to see that in uh, whatever this wedding turns out to be. Yeah, and this is just like in the best interest for, for Magic. And like Magic is for everybody. It doesn't matter what your your political alignment is. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your history is really. But like having the inclusion of people of, of more types within our growing society will like make everybody feel like they have sort of a home there. And that is something that I think can't be a bad thing. Inclusion is is, is really good. And having characters that are just more uh, more developed and, and having their stories shared and told uh within the fantasy community and normalizing that further i think is just great for for uh fantasy in general i love that and honestly D introduced tasha's cauldron of everything where that was like the, a very progressive push for D, and i i think magic because yeah. it's all wizards of the coast it's this year as well for them so i'm only excited to see what these new sets get to bring us it's fun for everyone you know what i mean like it gets mm-hmm. rid of certain lines like anybody you know what i mean there's so many different planes out there it's not like we're in one world there's like hundreds exactly. of worlds of different people yeah the whole thing with magic is that like there's an infinite amount of of stuff out there that they can you know draw out out from and and you know adding that to the canon is is 
a really great thing. Speaking of infinity, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm jumping a little ahead here. Please go for um, it. But later in 2022, there's going to be another unset. Hmm. Yes, there is. And it's further going along with the sci-fi theme. Uh, retro futuristic fun means space carnival. It's magic. It's in space. It's infinity. <laughs> Um, and it looks just like this weird popsicle miasma of color, <laughs> you know? Yes, I do recommend if you are not driving and listening to this podcast right now, like, go look up Infinity right now and just see the image that they use because there's a lot in it. <laughs> I never thought that, like, astronauts could be in Magic the Gathering. Yeah. But, like, with this set, like, that's a possibility. Like, you could see no, people totally. in spacesuits. I agree. I mean, and it's, like, so crazy. Like, in, in the background of the shot I'm just looking at, like, there's someone with, like, a T-shirt they're holding up with, like, Devil Knievel on it. And, like, it almost looks like they're in Disney's Tomorrowland. Yeah, it, there's a cartoon version of a Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Freaking giant head of Johnny in the back, yeah. T-Rex mm -hmm. with, like, what looks like a Mario hat, honestly, in the background. Like, it is a... Yeah. This is like a Where's Waldo kind of picture right now. It like, looks freaking goofy. And unfortunately, with, like, unsets, like, usually, like, unchained, unglued, those cards are banned in, in normal play. But yeah. they're usually, you know, it's the, the opportunity for fun and it's the opportunity for cards to be just super wacky uh and totally. out of base and honestly it's a, it's another way and certain people got in the magic through the unsets like i know plenty mm -hmm. of people who weren't like interested in magic to begin with but then they heard that like there's these very wacky sides of magic and they're like oh i'm more open to playing this because like i thought at first it was like oh very very serious uh, draw card, uh, serious play strategy. It's like, no, magic's fun. There's one, there's a card out there, I can't remember its name, but you play it and then you open a magic booster pack and then you pick a card from it to add to yes. your hand. <laughs> yes, I think that's brilliant. I mean, cards like that, Clay Pigeon, like a bunch of ridiculous, like I've seen a Commander game one when doing like an onset with just like a Clay that's Pigeon just catching. Amazing. And it's like, yep, what you did didn't count. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like the, it's the boom pile, but even sillier because, I play with Boom oh, Pile in regular decks because it's not, you know. Love the Boom Pile. It's standard, but why not? Just just get a little explosive with it. I had, mm. a, I had a friend at Sterling, um, an older friend of mine, who I was DMing for, and, like, they were like, thank you for DMing. I have a bunch of 10th edition sets right here, and I don't play Magic anymore. Do you want to go through that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and there was, like, Boom Pile and, like, add a car waste in it. So that's why I had to bring that up because... I got all these oh, juicy cards out of that. Anything that flips a coin makes the game more fun to me. Oh, totally. I, because there's more chance. And even like having Spiral Down in the new D&D &D set has been very fun because there is more chance to that and there's more risk. Speaking of which, may I say, D&D's not over in Magic the Gathering yet because we will yeah. have commanders from Baldur's Gate, which Baldur's Gate is probably one of my favorite places in D&D &D based on the board game based on the lore from all of it like I love Baldur's Gate so I'm excited to get more spiral down mechanics um hopefully D&D &D brings the party mechanic from Zendikar to more of a reality because that's what mm -hmm. I thought originally was gonna happen in the set so maybe Commander Legends will offer this to us so um jumping back from the future a little bit do you want to talk about Dominaria definitely I'm down so uh Dominaria if people don't remember is the plane that teferi hails from from what i know um teferi has last we saw him the planeswalker he 
regained his Planeswalker spark after giving it up. Magic's history stretches back about, what the website says is the magic history speds back about 30 years and the lore of Dominaria itself is much longer. Returning to the pivotal story of Dominaria's and magic's history was started as a fuse, uh, a feud between uh, Urza and Mishra, which I believe are two artificers, uh, erupted into an all out war that set into motion the future of the plane and the multiverse itself. Through the lens of Dominaria's locations, characters and victims of the conflict will see a plane-spanning conflict escalate with artifacts, giant mechs, and beyond. And that extends into the Brothers' War. So this is another two-set jobber, uh, this time focusing on Dominaria. So you know that there's going to be some really interesting solar punk kind of machines but still sort of arcane in nature and and definitely more natural in their aesthetic show up and uh see you know see how that goes there's there's a there's a lot if you like artifacts this coming year yes there's gonna be a lot (laughs) perfect and you know what might be interesting i don't know if we'll get it but Innistrad has already teased that teferi cards will be in it Mm -hmm. so i wonder if we'll get any insight of maybe Teferi's trying to gain knowledge of something that we'll learn within these future sets. So yeah. who knows? Maybe a little insight, but no, it's gonna be it's I'm so excited. If there's artifacts. There are so I'm many so through lines. They're taking some big steps and particularly like in their and their un their non canonical sets that they're just releasing um for fans. Like there's a lot of we're getting Warhammer four hundred uh so forty thousand, Warhammer yes. forty thousand. Uh, four commander decks and of course space marines so like that's even more sci-fi stuff we got lord of the rings tales of middle earth so you know we're gonna get some lord of the rings stuff out there and yeah i mean it's so cool like tolkien created the concept of orcs can you imagine being the father of a entire fantasy race <laughs> yeah no it, it's, that's crazy. it's crazy too because when you really think about D and magic it's all the roots of Lord of the Rings. Like, it's almost like Lord of the Rings is meant to be in this world. Like, it's meant to Honestly. be a plane because it is, the, it is the father of it. You're right. And, it's I mean, I know Warhammer is a crazy thing as well. But, yes, I think magic definitely belongs there. Or, sorry, Lord of the Rings belongs there. Further news for all you gamers out there. Um, there's going to be... Now, this is kind of fucking crazy, but there's going to be some Fortnite-themed yep, cards. There which are. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about, to be honest. I but, mean, I'll, uh, I'll be hey. completely transparent. I This Secret Layers, in this case, or the Universe Beyond, as they call it as well, is for people who like that and are into it. You know, uh, who am I to yuck their yum? I don't like Fortnite, but if you like it, but if you like it, then and it, and it gets you into it, then by God, that's great for you. You you continue to do that Fortnite dance. And even further, like Street Fighter is going to be making an appearance. And I'm actually really excited uh, for, they said that Chun-Li will probably make a appearance. And Chun-Li yeah. will most likely be a legendary character, I would hope. Um, I think so. And they said, they hinted multi-kicker would be yes, the perfect about mechanic to say. for Chun-Li. Yes, yes, I thought that was really interesting. So it has to be a legendary creature. There's no other way that that would work. I'm I'm super down for that. I think kicker and multi-kicker are super weird, and you know I like weird. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But actually, the interesting thing, too, is that these sets, usually Secret Layers has been kind of considered like its own little thing. But like Lord of the Rings and Warhammer 
complete sets. Um, Lord of the Rings stuff, they say here, will be on MTG Arena, uh, viable in Commander and Secret... Uh, and in, sorry, Commander and in Tabletop and Standard and Historic. So these are legit cards coming out too, which is so interesting that... The world is expanding. The universe beyond. The universe beyond. Sorry, Maya. There's some birds that are going pretty freaking crazy outside. Oh, I hear them, actually. Those are some crazy hey, man. birds. Are they the Whoa. big eagles from Lord of the Rings? Who can say? I haven't seen them. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen no eagles. All right, so I am, I'm not the biggest Warhammer person because um, uh, mm. I only play Dark Heresy, which is a very, like, Honestly, neither off, am I. <laughs> off the beaten cuff of Warhammer, so I don't want to speak just for Dark Heresy purposes. But I think this is yeah. an easy one for us to do quickly because I'd love to hear your opinion. Is there a Lord yeah. of the Rings card that you particularly want to see? Ooh. I mean, well, obviously the ring, the one ring to rule them all. I imagine that's sort of like the chain veil a little bit where there's some there's some really big benefits and probably some really big drawbacks to using it. Cause I mean, how could you not indulge the flavor of that and like have a ring that, you know, when you carry it, it, it makes you like, you want to have the ring, uh, the one ring to rule yeah. them all. Uh, but it like poisons you as you, as you do it. That would be fucking, that'd be fucking weird. You know, do you remember that one? I can't remember which Lord of the Rings movie in is it is in it, but the spirit army, Oh There's yeah, like a ghost yeah. army that they use. Yeah, for Aragorn. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, spirits kind of cool. That that really intrigues me. I think that there that might be sort of like an Orzhov, Esper, maybe even Azorius sort of feel to it, because that's usually what spirits fall under. My question is then, do you think it would be like an Aragorn legendary commander that has like a spirit kind of mechanic to it or something? So I don't know. maybe that's I feel a like Aragorn would be different and that the spirit army would be like separate hmm. okay. because they, they aided him for a moment and then they stopped. So they're sort of like a separate entity. But if they were together, I would not be upset. Color alignment. They don't match like Aragorn and the spirits don't have the same kind of like color. I would say. Yeah. Identity. So that's that's yeah. a fair point. Well, I guess we're maybe Heart of the Mountain from The Hobbit. Oh, that's fun. You know what I'd like to see? Because you said you said poison. I'd like to see Morgul Blade bring Infect. Oh, Ooh, I didn't think about that. I'm just like, there's, there's so many cool artifacts involved. I don't know if Lord of the Rings and like The Hobbit are going to like, is this just going to be like Frodo in his era? Or is this going to be like Bilbo Baggins and The Hobbit mm. era? Like, I don't know. If there's going to be any crossover there, like, will we see Smaug? Um, oh, that'd be I so mean, cool. But there's so much cool stuff, like Mithril Armor and, uh, like, Heart of the Mountain, The Ring, all sorts of... Oh, Radagast the Brown? Hold up. Oh, okay, yeah, wait, wait, get get this Druid Commander idea out here, yeah. Yo, Radagast the Brown would be sick. <laughs> I would love that. A green... God, green white. Well, it just makes me think. What if he was like tribal rabbits? That'd be nuts. A tribal rabbit deck. Yeah, because he like runs around. He like gets pulled around on a sleigh with rabbits, and we've already seen like there's a rabbit commander out there that's sort of like group huggy, but yeah. it's within the Azorius sort of flavor. I I guess Radagast the Brown to me seems uh bant. Um, okay. Like he's there to like sort of protect nature. He's very wise, but he's also fucking crazy. And <laughs> yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, dude's insane. Yeah, dude, dude's nuts. So I mean, I don't see him being red or black, but I could see him being green, white, blue, any combination of the three, really. And that's the thing about this set that's driving me crazy. We have to wait two years for it first off. But like, 
there is so much lore that we already know about Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings inspired everything that we get to see from Wizards of the Coast. So all I want is literally, like, everything from Lord of the Rings, from Faramir to to Fatty in the Shire. You know what I mean? Like, I want every card in Lord of the Rings You know history. those goblins, those orcs are going to be there. You know, like... Yeah. Oh, man. I just want the whole whole thing with Lord of the Rings set, which is just, oh, uh-huh. my, my hope's so high. With dwarves. That. So having more dwarves. Like, dwarf tribal, honestly, isn't as fleshed out as I thought it would be. Like, it, it is pretty... It's it's pretty up there but like it makes me wonder what they're going to do with it and, and like what what's what they're going to add with it like because a lot of dwarf tribal just falls into mono red or boros with uh, uh, a few commanders from kaladesh but that's almost like dwarf vehicle tribal so that'll be interesting yeah i was about to say the thing that i always found hard when i was building because uh, i was building uh, what's the red dwarf from call time who's really good magra or something like that magda is a super awesome red commander for dwarves, and I honestly think is, like, one of the best red commanders out there. And when I thought about Dwarf Tribal, I just think it's hard to add the white because you're getting so much out of the red, and I don't know how much the white is actually benefiting it. Besides things, of course, like Sunforger or any Boros equipment or any Mm -hmm. really good white, like, field effect cards, like destroying artifacts or shit like that. Yeah. I think that light, like, a lot of the dwarves, especially in Lord of the Rings, the dwarves are, like, protagonist characters or, like, dwartagonists, sort of. Like, they're, they're, they're allies. So, Boros, to me, the, the combination of colors of Boros is, like, red is all about, like, freedom and emotion, and white is all about, like, peace, harmony, and doing the right thing. Hmm. And, like, adding those together... Like I don't think it's it's too much of a stretch to me to 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 make Boros more dwarfy. I think that the challenge that comes from it, like we there are a lot of Boros commanders that are that are sort of more gruff, less yeah. proper, um, less like paladins in shining armor, which is certainly what like Boros the Boros Legion inspires things like Breon Stoutarm. He's a giant and he just throws people. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Seeing, I imagine like seeing a, a dwarf like cloaked in like a halo of light and like with his beard, like cascading around his feet. Like I could imagine um, some Kings of the high mountain or whatever, uh, but I could also see some like Rakdos stuff, mainly like dwarves, especially in the Lord of the Rings universe are super aggro and they're super like tough. So mm-hmm. whatever color combination that is, I think it can be justified as long as that flavor is kept. One quick thing that I just wanted to touch on because with Innistrad Midnight Hunt, what's going on in the world then is I think going to be really interesting because Eldritch Moon was already a crazy set. We have the death of Avacyn. Avacyn's just fucking gone. Because Emrakul uh, was brought to the plane by Nahiri, the Lithomancer, yeah, uh, to take revenge on Sorin for locking her away in the Hell Vault. So this is all this is all fucking Nahiri's fault, really. <laughs> she brought Emrakul in, and then Emrakul made it like an eldritch horror scenario with all this like body horror going on, uh, which was fucking that. That was one of the scariest sets I've ever seen. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. And in it, Tamio and uh, Nissa um, are seen in the card called Trapped in the Moon, sealing Emrakul away in, in Estrad's moon. But Emrakul's influence is still sort of around. His his influence has mainly like gone away 
uh, on the planet yeah. in terms of like all the eldritch horrors. But the days have become shorter and the nights have become longer. The death of Avacyn has caused the most of the humans who were loyal to the Church of Avacyn to, to leave and start turning to sorcery um, and all sorts of stuff. And the uh, there's a group of warlocks um, that's trying to save the day with a festival. And that's where uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt is is going into. The, we have werewolves that are being driven mad. We have a magical frost that yeah. seems like it's Emmercool's fault. And, um, you know, we have this, this festival that's coming up that people are trying to solve by being warlocks of the Dawnheart Coven. You know, and warlocks, that's just a, a much darker form of magic because it involves making pacts with powerful beings you know i want to say elliot i'm so happy that you brought this stuff up about innistrad uh, midnight hunt um i'm just gonna tease this right now uh i there are plans to do something very uh midnight hunty around halloween time and Ooh. maybe elliot will be a part of that as well so just stay tuned to the uh dungeons and gatherers channel because i promise you we're gonna we're going to have things of that flavor, uh, a very special little episode we're going to do. So I, I think that would be that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> well, hey, just you just you wait and see. All right, everyone. So we got through a lot of stuff. And because we talked about what Elliot does, I want to have Elliot back on to talk about some of the awesome cards that he's created. However, I just want to. I want to talk about one of my favorite ones just quickly. Just want to mm -hmm. tease that in there. You have a card called Megara, Student of Anarchy, which is a Strixhaven yes. commander. That's Rakdos. And I just think it's such a cool idea having the students that don't belong. It's not like they're in like a mono color or they're still within that school. They've created their own step. And like that's perfect for Rakdos. It's anarchy itself. So I love the the concept that's fueling that card, which is super awesome. So I, I noticed with... Uh... Strixhaven, there are all these different schools like Quandrix and um, the the Orjav one with the with the ink. And uh, I thought, you know, what about the other two color combinations? You know, what about them? And uh, if we return to Strixhaven, maybe we'll see. But uh, Megara Student of Anarchy was like, what if there was a school for the Rakdos colors? And I imagine Anarchy really fit in there. And the concept of the card is, you know, Megara. Um, has the Magecraft ability, and whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, you may goad target creature you don't control. And then, an additional effect, whenever a goaded creature deals combat damage to a player, that creature's controller of the goaded creature goads target creature the defending player's control. The, the defending that. player's control. And that's just like a perfect Rakdos mechanic, too. Like, that's just such a great... Mm -hmm thing that Rakdos does it just messes with stuff <laughs> yeah it's meant for uh you know it's a commander that would be meant for um a larger group uh to be really viable but it's you know forcing people to attack each other um and really you know start a bunch of violence and that's what really anarchy is all about and my favorite part of designing any card is putting some flavor text in and the Megara's flavor text I think is really good and it's no rules man if you get hit hit back finally no one's stopping you yes Elliot I want to thank you so much for coming on because this was like an amazing conversation to have and it's really great talking with you again please tell us uh, or tell the entire community where they can find the stuff that you do um, well, some of the cards that I've uh, created are on the Untap In Discord. Um, you can find them through their website, uh, Untap In. 
uh, untap.in and uh, otherwise any of the cards that I haven't released to the community like I, I'd be free to, to share those if, if people wanted to, to, to hear them or play with them you know, as always with uh, custom cards, it's really important that if you know if you're making them, if uh, if you're playing with them, if you see somebody else who has made them, make sure that they credit the artist that they got the uh, art from. If they didn't do them themselves, that's really really important. Um, usually, there's an art credit at the bottom of a card, so so make sure you know that's just a an etiquette thing. And also just, you know, ask your group, uh, is this something that you guys would be willing to play with? I try to make commanders that are as balanced as possible so that they feel powerful and not overpower, not overpowered, so it wouldn't be fun. Um, but yeah, you know, if you have friends who are okay with playing with that sort of thing, it's a, it's a really fun it's a really fun way to shake up the game. Well, I'm going to have to print these out then. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Well, Elliot, right. I look forward to having you back on so we could talk about the creation of these magic cards and maybe even... As you said, mess around with building one in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Who knows? Absolutely. I It is my dream someday to have a commander game where everyone is playing with a commander that is not official. Oh, well then, we're going to make it happen then, Elliot. Thank That'd you so much again for coming onto the podcast and all that I say to the viewers now that, oh, 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 it's magic, you know, never believe it's not so. But believe it or not, you can like and subscribe to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast.